Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the AIM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we're going to talk about something that probably you've experienced in your own life, yourself, or you had friends or family members who's been through that, and that is mental health. Um, I know in the United States, the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we think it's a really important topic to be talked about and take away all of the taboo and the stigma around it because we all need more healing and living a good life, right? Yeah, that's correct. And I think mental health is something that everyone should be thinking about and really be aware in their own lives because it's not only people who, ha who suffer from a mental health um, condition or illness that should be taking care of their mental health, right? It's everyone. Because in our everyday lives, we are always busy and have a lot of stress sometimes. And this can also impact our, our mental health in a way that is not long-term, but in a short term. So it's something that we all should consider uh and i think it's pretty nice that nowadays the conversation is way more open than it used to be um our generation especially is one that really started talking about mental health and making something that is not a taboo anymore and, and taking the stigma off many topics such as depression and anxiety um and many other things that we didn't really know about, like bipolar disorders. I, I guess when I was a child, I didn't know about that. And some, yeah. you know, um, also neurodiversity. Many people, they don't talk about it. And I guess nowadays it's more open and we can understand that people can be a little different than uh, most of us. And it's also, a good way to include them by opening the conversation about mental health because they're often the ones who have to use mental health services throughout their lives. I completely agree. And especially, like you said, when we were young, people didn't talk about. And I think it was, people felt a bit ashamed to need help, you know. And I think people need to open their minds and see that mental health can be a big issue, like in illness, you know, if you have a broken leg, you go to the doctor to fix it. If you're suffering with depression or like anxiety, you should also seek for, for help because that really affects your day-to-day -day life. And I don't think it needs to be in the extreme, like paralyzing mode for you to search for help because that is like extreme cases, but little things that happen in your daily lives. If you notice that you're feeling different, and you're sad and you don't really know why or you're feeling anxious and you can't do things properly you know or experience kind of a change of emotions too much you know i think it's always a sign that maybe you should talk to someone and see if someone can help you but i wanted to bring up this topic today because recently i saw a few videos in the same day that just like appeared as recommendations for me and I wasn't even searching about it, but they just appeared and they all talked about certain really difficult things related to mental health. 
And here's a disclaimer. So it's like a trigger warning. If you don't want to listen, you can skip this part. But like was about self-harm, was about uh, suicidal ideation and all those things. And those cases were especially Asian American women. And that really hit home, you know, because we ourselves as half Japanese, we know in our lives how this can play out, right? And I think it's really important to think that in certain groups, like minority groups especially, mental health can be a really big taboo. And it's like, you don't want to bother anyone. You don't admit to yourself that you need help. Only when it's in the extreme case and you don't want to burden anyone. And also I think sometimes asking for help or searching for professional services can be very expensive because going for to a therapist weekly or a few times a month can add up and not everyone can pay for those services. Even though I think it's great, for example, at schools, they have counseling services that are usually for free or cheap. And then people can access that, especially younger people. But for older people, I think it gets complicated. Going back to the topic that you mentioned that you compared to a broken leg, I think the main difference between having physical illness and a mental illness or a mental health problem is that sometimes we don't notice that we're going into the wrong direction. We don't notice that we're becoming depressed. And once we notice, we don't have agency anymore. Because when you have a broken leg, for example, it hurts and you have to go to the doctor and you have agency and you go and it's okay. It's something that you can talk about. It's there, everyone can see it. But mental health, it's something that most people, if you disguise it, many people around you cannot notice. And then you don't feel many times comfortable enough to open up and talk to other people around you uh, and be vulnerable about your own emotional state. So that's why I think having people around you that you can count on and people that can notice the differences in your behavior is very important um, because then they can help you out to get out of depression or anxiety or even if you're having a panic attack, you know, you have someone you can count on. But I know many people like us live alone and we don't have people to count on, on on a daily basis. And if I don't tell my friends or my family that I'm not okay, they're not going to know. Um, so I guess that's the most difficult part about mental health. No one can clearly see until you're open and ready to talk about it. Um, unless you're in, you're in a very... Um, hard situation where you you're debilitated to do your daily tasks you know when you cannot get up in the morning and do your work then people can start noticing but until then um, it's really about opening up and this I think is something that it's something that is taught I guess we have to learn to open up we have to learn to be more vulnerable around people that we care about and that we know they also care about us um, and not only try to handle everything by ourselves. And I agree. No, go ahead. When you talked about minority groups, I think it's also that 
when you are the minority, you have to be tough sometimes. You have to learn to defend yourself. You have to learn to be okay being different. And once, it, once this barrier starts crumbling down and you feel you're not this strong and you're not um, adapting that well to your environment or to the community you're in, can also be very triggering, not only for them, for the entire family sometimes. That's why I guess it's um, even a bigger struggle for people from minorities to talk about mental health. And sometimes it's really not a priority. People who don't have enough money to buy food, for example, you know, they maybe they don't really have space to talk about their emotions or it's just neglected or is well get over it so i get i guess those um groups or ngos or spaces like that that can open up space for everyone who needs caring and who needs mental health support to go there and get proper treatment it's really nice so yeah a space where can where people can feel that they belong and people resonate with you you know for example if you're black african-american there is someone who's also african-american helping you so you feel like oh i can belong here you know or asian-american as well so yeah and i think it's really like a generational work you know because sometimes uh people in our generation can actually look back and realize okay i think my grandmother had depression or I think my mom had this and that, but they never put words into what was happening. So I think we are taking agency towards those things and taking care of them as well as taking care of ourselves so we can take care of the next generation as well. And I think this is a really beautiful process of accepting and also, but I agree how difficult it can be because mental health is not something that will shift overnight, you know, and you're going to be like, oh, I think I'm, I have this problem today. It's slow. And it's really hard to find the line when you need help, you know? Yeah. And sometimes people have to go through like a burnout or something physical even to say, okay, I think I should stop and talk to someone. So I think we can talk about some of the those like micro-violences we infringe on ourselves because they can happen so many different ways. And I think we need to help each other, especially like during those difficult times that people are more isolated. And would you like to share something that might help people? Can you first give some examples of what, what you think about microviolences for you? Because I'm not, you know. Mm -hmm. For example, I think sometimes we're too harsh on ourselves and we start one thing, like comparison. Comparison is the worst. When people start comparing themselves to others or especially when you reach a certain age and you're like, oh, I was, I thought I was supposed to have this, this and that at 25, for example. But like, I'm close to my 25s and I don't have it. But my friend who I did everything together until this point already has a house and a family or whatever. This is a very bad comparison because people have different paths of life, you know, and 
I think this is never good for your mental health because everyone is different. Also, I think, and this goes not only for achievements, but also looks. Some people are super concerned about their looks and this can bring their self-confidence really down. And they're like, I wish I could be like this person. And always like idealizing, putting other people on pedestals instead of focusing on their own and saying, okay, let's see what's good about my own life. And what are the blessings? What are things that can be grateful for what I have right now? And those are like kind of one example of a microviolence, this continuous comparison, you know? I guess everything ties up to self-love actually. Yeah. You know, so nurturing your connection to your own self, it's something that will make everything clearer, especially regarding your mental health as the topic of our conversation here. Once you give yourself attention, then you start noticing that something is right or wrong. Um, something's out of balance. Also, in terms of self-love and mental health, for example, do you give yourself permission to rest? Do you give yourself permission to take a walk and just breathe, you know? Sometimes we have so many things to do that we keep worrying about stuff all day and we don't even notice what's going on with ourselves and around us. I guess it's also kind of a violence against ourselves. It is. Eating healthy as well, you know, giving our body what it needs, nurturing it, and being kind to yourself, you know. Uh, give yourself a hug. Yeah. I think all this also includes in ways, because I was thinking about nonviolence as well, because we can embrace nonviolence in so many different ways. And I think this goes, of course, not being violent, the most obvious one. The second one can be your lifestyle. When you choose, for example, if you don't eat meat, is a way of nonviolence because you're not hurting other animals. And you can also choose nonviolence in regards to yourself and others. What are the words you tell yourself? If you say you're not in, good enough, this is a way, it's a very hard violence against your own being because you don't see how beautiful, how bright and special you are because it, it's, it's really infringing a violence on yourself and the way you express it to others can also be a violence to other, to, towards others. So I think for me, a big thing is embracing nonviolence in all areas of life. And like, what do you do to your own body? Is it good or is it bad? Is it a violence to yourself? And this goes in many, many different ways. I guess so principles I of nonviolence is, is really broad, like you said. Even choosing not to drink alcohol, for example. Why do you want to numb out? It's a violence against your own self as well, sometimes. If you use it constantly, it's just a way to escape. Or the food you eat, like you said, veganism. Or even not in terms of veganism, but are you eating this just to number yourself from something as well? Is this also violence to your own body? It's not what he needs, it's not what he wants. Um, no violent communication, as you said. 
with yourself and with others. And I guess and I think once you embrace this principle of nonviolence, you also are less irritable and you don't you're not triggered so easily, I guess. You know, because being triggered by something and reacting to it is also a form of violence, I guess. Yeah. And I think also people tend to be violent to others or tend to, you know, do all those things because they are doing the same to themselves. So in the moment you decide not to be so critical about your own being, you stop being so critical about others as well because it's all a projection. We're walking mirrors. We see what we want to see and the things we don't like can many times the reflection of ourselves of the things we don't want to be of the things we're afraid that we are you know so when you start accepting and saying you know that's who i am you start comparing so much you start you stop putting pressure and you stop saying that people are not good enough because you finally accept that if you're good enough everyone else is good enough as well i think that's really beautiful and really helps your mental health but I, I was thinking as well how subtle it is to take care of your own mind and your own being because I told you like yesterday I realized how stressed I was because every day I wake up and I'm writing this like very tense and very stressed and thinking about all the things I need to do and kind of anxiety comes up and it's really strong but it's like what is anxiety? It's like fear of the future. It's fear that is not rational because it's about something that is not happening in this moment. It's the fear that will happen or that I have to do or that it's not going to be fast enough or whatever. So it's all a projection. It's all, it's all an illusion, honestly. But then like taking a deep breath and realizing like, okay, calm down. And I change, I shift my emotions and I... I was happy in the moment, I stayed present and I could realize, okay, oh, I've been feeling anxious every day until now that I shifted my energy and I'm like, okay, I can feel the difference, you know, because when your normal state is an anxious state, you don't realize you're anxious until you shift that. That's why it's so important to try to be present. And it's so difficult at the same time when you have a lot of external pressure on you. But I am happy for you and congratulations for being able to do that because it's not easy. Yeah, give your, yourself a tap on the back. <laughs> yeah. And I also thought it's crazy how in my mind I always thought I could only be happy for myself or celebrate something when it's finished when i'm in the you know the finish line so if i have a project i can only celebrate when it's done or when i get the grades or when i'm you know when some someone else tell me you did good enough well done you know that's when i felt i could celebrate something which made the whole period of doing that thing a big struggle because I wasn't happy doing that. And I was like, come on, girl, change this mindset. Because 
If you're enjoying step by step, you're celebrating each discovery you make, each line you write, everything that you're doing, the process becomes like, yeah, I'm doing something instead of, oh no, I need someone to say that this is good enough, you know, and just be happy at the end when I celebrate one time and then I go to the next struggle. So it's really a mindset that I need to change and I'm working on changing because that's how I've been programmed, I don't know, to be. <laughs> Do you feel something like that? Sure. And it's not, it's really a mindset. It's really something that is programming to us because like you said, it's one struggle and then a celebration, small celebration, if you will celebrate and go to the next struggle. But actually, this is also your mind saying that you, you always need to be Struggling. anxious. You always need to be doing something that keeps you stressed. It's a conditioning that we have to break free from it for sure. Yeah. And we've been working on it. It's something that we've been working on. And I guess everyone who is passing through the same thing can also recognize that actually this is something that we impose upon ourselves most of the times. Because even when we finish, we're, we're just worrying about the thing we just finished, you know, so. Yeah. And you know what's funny that I realized? Um, when I was talking to a few friends some time ago, um, back home, like friends from Brazil, all of them go to therapy. All of my friends, like no exception. All of them needs therapy. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting you know like people around 20s to their 30s and they are searching actively for mental health support but I realized like I've never been to therapy you've never been to therapy and but like the mindset I had and how I dealt with my problems and stress it was all right because I know how to manage those things but I think it's because we've been instead of going to therapy we took this very longer path of self-development discovery, especially related to holistic health, holistic healing, and spirituality. So all those inner healing, like inner shifts that people usually go being structured by a psychotherapist that ask you those diff difficult questions and make you think about your own patterns. We had to do it, but we did it on ourselves, like mm -hmm. on our own. So it's probably a harder way to go about things and longer way but the results when talking to them like how their mindset shifted a lot since last time I talked to them now they're, they're going to therapy but I realized it's pretty similar to my own facing like difficult challenging times and all those things but I guess it's a path of personal growth and that we were yeah. naturally inclined to be interested about spirituality and holistic wellness in a way it was good because nothing was imposed on us and mm -hmm. everything came up in the right moment it was not something that oh my therapist made me do this exercise now it was something that came up naturally not during a time that was needed so yeah. in a way i'm glad that we made this by ourselves but if you're not in your path of you know, personal growth and discovering more about spirituality, if you're into it. Yeah, I think it's good to go to a therapist because they can help you out a lot if you don't want to do the work by yourself. And if you need if help. You're not in, 
Yeah, I think because it's not natural to everyone. Like, not everyone is naturally inclined to make the hard questions and go deep. Some people, they, they're not really interested in that. It's fine. You know, people have different interests. But I think we all should find a way that supports us the best. It doesn't need to be the traditional one. And you also need to find someone you resonate with instead of just, like my sister said, something that is imposed on you because it's a really deep and personal experience and it needs to be with someone that you trust. Um, I've never been to therapy, so I cannot give an example, but I'm open to it, you know, in the future. If I feel like I need it, that'll be great. And I think like when you were doing our research about holistic healing, um, I've encountered some practitioners that do great stuff, you know, like people that work with motherhood. Motherhood is a big transitional phase. If I go through that in one moment in my life, probably I'd love to have that support, you know, and someone that is more open to spirituality and see this as a whole process that honors the mother instead of just saying, oh, whatever. Yeah, everyone has babies, you know, but I think it would Especially be great because have... we lost a community. Before we used to have yeah. a community of women helping us out during the process of becoming a mother. Nowadays, we don't have this anymore. And not only about motherhood, but about everything in our lives. We used to be this community of people who helped each other, past three stages of life. And nowadays, we are very, very individualized. And so we need help. We need other people. Yeah. It's really hard to go through changes in life when you're alone. So I think if you find a group that you help, like happy and you feel supported, definitely go for it. And this doesn't even need to be like a group of friends because sometimes you love your friends, but they are not really the type of friends that can help you with those things because they're not going through the same stuff. So looking for professional help can also be really useful, I think. Mm -hmm. So I guess the message we want to give you now by the end is be kind to yourself. Cultivate kindness and this principle of nonviolence. And if you need help, search for help. Talk to people around you. There is always someone who is going to be able to listen to you and embrace you. And, you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable with people who care about you. And they can really help you if, you, if you're in need. Yeah. So, yeah, this episode was really to put some light on this topic. And we really hope you all are doing great. And if you're not so great, know that there is ways to get better. There's always a way. And you can talk to us if you want. You can write down in the comments below. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to give us a like, subscribe so you don't miss anything that is coming next. And yeah, and if you're on the podcast, please leave us a review. It really does help. And thank you so much. See you next week. Thank you so much. Goodbye.